Yo, Sean and Cass. Classic. As classic as they come. Classic podcast. Classic. In the making. Yeah, uh, total classic podcast in the making. You might want to download this one right now. Just fucking save it in the archives. Yeah. Because this can be a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Sean and Cass back at it again. Calm, cool, and collected. Medicated. Medicated. Nothing could knock us off our center right now. No. Nothing, right? Took a little zip. I love that. Like our last podcast, we talked shit. Like, oh, yeah, we quit nicotine. And then we hang out with Joey and we're like, back on the sauce. Yeah, Joey's a fucking handful with this nicotine. You know what I mean? I feel like it's our fault, though, because he had that vape pen. And then we're just like. How is it our fault that a fucking guy goes and gets vape pens? No, but I feel like I encouraged it. I'm like, all right, we know that you guys are going to want zips. Let's just buy some. Um, I, I, uh, I. I totally disagree with that. Like, I I appreciate how you are, and you're just like, yeah, just let the boys be boys. But I mean, I'm a boy at this point no, too. No, no, oh, yeah, but it's, okay. it, it's just a, a a brief little, quick little summer flirtation. So yeah, summer it, love. It's a summer fling. We're having a summer fling, and because we've done the cold turkey quit, even though it can be painful, like we know we can quit, and maybe that's a dangerous place to be with addiction. Well, I'm not saying I'm addicted to zips because I'm definitely not, but Mm. I can say that confidently. I just went like the last two days and didn't even think about them. And then you had one. I was like, wait, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really weird. I'm glad it's not um, like a super consequential addiction, you know, or is it? I don't know. I I don't I don't really I don't know enough about it. And getting nicotine in these in the form of these little pouches is like probably not the best thing for your probably not the best thing for your mouth at all. But you know what I'm saying? There's a lot worse things we could be hooked on. There's there's things that are much more consequential. Coffee is much more consequential to my life than these things. Would I've be. been doing that the last couple of days. I have a two day max with coffee though. Otherwise, if I could get the headaches. Um, I'm so fucking sensitive to stimulants that I don't even. I feel like drinking coffee one day. Like I still feel like a little buzzed. Like the coffee. next day. Yeah, kind of like I can. It's like basically it's like a fire ignition. Like I drink this much and it like lights my fire and then I'm like, oh my God, this is what it feels like to have fire. And I can mm. almost replicate that feeling. Yeah. You know. It's weird. It's it's. Uh, I, I wonder why it's so hard for us to tap into our natural energy. Not just us, everyone. I saw our homegirl Ayla was tweeting. She was just like, man, I, I fucking do my best and I just cannot get energy. And without energy, I can't fucking get focus. And without focus, I can't get anything done. So it's just like this thing of like, so she's like, I take Adderall and it gives me everything I want. She's like, I can accomplish anything I want. I can do anything I want. I can find my focus, but I can't handle that shit. Well, I think it's kind of like what we were hearing someone talk about the blue chews. Oh my God. Yeah. Blue chews. Is that like, I guess it's Viagra. Is it? I think it doesn't need a prescription. So maybe it's like a Viagra yeah. alternative yeah, or something. Over the counter Viagra blue chews. We, they're not sponsoring us or anything. Yeah, fuck those guys. We, whatever, but we're not, we're not sponsorable, but <laughs> someone else was talking about it and it was really interesting because I'm like, oh, what's the harm? It seems kind of harmless. And they're like, basically in life you get like a certain amount of raging hard boners. It's just quality hard cock. Yeah. Yeah. In this life. And then, and this is a finite amount is what they were saying. There's like a finite amount of raging hard boners. <laughs> And you it, use up like 10 of them with, it, with a blue chew. Yeah. And yeah. so you might be able to get that. You're, it's going to cost you. Everything does. And what I found out about Harvey Weinstein recently, 
Mm. Is that because that that made me learn that okay, you take Viagra, you know, you could power through. You could power through, but at some point, Viagra stops working because of this finite amount of boners that yeah. men have. No disrespect. Yeah. Um, and because of that, then they have to start like men who've used up all their Viagra that they can use up have to start injecting their <sighs> penis directly. With and blood that, flow. Yeah, and that's what Harvey Weinstein was doing. Yeah, and then he got an infection and it all got mutilated and he deserved it and whatever. But um, Talk about karma. Jesus fucking Christ. You use your dick in the wrong places with the, in the, with the wrong intention. Yeah, it will it, rot. His, his dick is just like rotted off. Like they, they literally went through a trial where they're showing it to the jury. Like they're showing his fucking rotted off cock. The defense was showing that to be like, he couldn't have done these things. Look at his dick. And it's like, that's, that's how you know he did these things. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I I think uh, I I think they were joking, saying you get a finite amount of boners. You just got to take care of yourself. And what I have I never would have expected is the amount of fucking people in this gener and in, in the younger generations that are hooked on fucking Viagra or Blue Chews or whatever. They they need them to function sexually. I started looking at Reddit, and oh, they're saying like people get addicted to like okay, their tick is ten percent harder than it ever has been, ten percent bigger than it ever has been, and then mm-hmm. like. Having maybe your girlfriend react so positively to that can be kind of an addictive feeling. Yeah. You know, or, you know, even looking at your own dick and being like, wow, look at that dick. You know? Yeah. That's how I feel every day. Yeah. You're just like, whoa. I'm like, damn, man. What the fuck did I do? To get all this blood flow. <laughs> yeah. To get all this fucking beautiful blood flow. I don't going. know. You went for a five mile run. I think that helps. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Uh, the blue chew replaces all the other things you have to do to keep your healthy, uh, your body healthy enough to fucking produce uh, epic boners. Yeah, I mean, infinite. I'm, ep- epic I'm definitely boners. talking out of turn as someone who's never would never. I don't. I don't know if blue chews work for women or not, but uh, I would be scared to take one of those. Like, what the fuck is that thing doing? Yeah, yeah. I knew you were not that I ever suggested you should take one, but I knew you were like, that's no way. And yeah. after I heard this, I was like, yeah, that's good that you avoided that. I mean, it's a, it's like anything. You get a tolerance to it, and then you're like, then you're in a really, really weird territory. Like, I need this thing in order to have sex. Or you go, you know, three years thinking your dick is a certain size, and then you have to spend the rest of your life with your dick being like an inch shorter than it usually that's is. That's true, yeah. Yeah, well, imagine the, uh, the when you first take one of those, like you're saying, I guess that's an addictive feeling. Where you're like, what? There's more to this than I ever knew. But I don't know. I think I'm already achieve, achieving the maximum hardness, pleasure. girth, length, pleasure. I think I'm already like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, t- I'm, I'm this doing podcast has best. just evolved into talking about your dick. So uh, not mine, just everyone's. Yeah. Yeah. Your I dick mean, is perfect, just the way it is. It's a fucking whoever, whoever you are, wherever you're at, you're yeah. perfect. It's, I mean, look, we, I think we talk about it all the time. I'm the first one to say it. It's hard being a woman. It's really hard. But it's hard having a dick, too. Oh, God. I think it would be harder. Literally. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's fun, and it's great, and you can have fun with the little guy. But fucking, it also could get you in a lot of trouble and fucking just can take over your life. So there is a thing with, like, I, as I've gotten older and understood human relationships, men do have multiple heads, yeah. It is a real thing. Yeah. The regular head, which everyone can see, and then the crucial head. That yeah, and that, that one has a, a big opinion, you know? The crucial head? Yeah. I mean, the crucial head runs your life, I guess. I mean, I'm 41, and it still is. So, I, you, you know, you just hope that wears off at some point. It could get you into trouble. Like, Yeah. 
you know, there's a certain energy that you might have where you're just like, if you haven't calmed your crucial head, it could start making decisions for you that your mind is like, that's not a good decision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, of course it could, it could also help your life. You know, I don't think I was thinking with my crucial head when I met you, but I was thinking with a head that wasn't this. Because this head would have been like, you're married, bro. Stop. I think you Don't. were thinking with this head. I was. I was. I, I honestly was. I was thinking with my heart head. Your heart head? Yeah. Yeah, because your crucial head was tucked away for a long time. Crucial head, I, like, I literally, I, I couldn't give it an inch because it'll take a mile. You know, if I was thinking with my crucial head around you, you would have been so turned off. You would have felt that and been so turned off or really turned on, which would have been a problem too. You know what I mean? But I was thinking, I was coming at you from the heart space. And we were able to like do a little bit of a dance for a while before my crucial head got involved. And, and once it did, and I knew this, one, and you knew it too, and this is why we wouldn't have sex. And you would say this. You're like, once we do, I know I'm going to want to do it all the time. That's the thing about sex, isn't it? Yeah. It's not like, okay, cool. I got my fill. Uh, amazing. You know, I think that's why, that's why one night stands leave everyone involved feeling so weird. You know? Like, wow, I just exchanged the highest form of karma that you can with another person and I'm out of here. I don't know. Like, when I was so weird. single for like the year of my life, I was single. I didn't sleep around. But when I did have, I didn't have a one night stand, but slept with someone who was like once or something, it would fill my cup for like two months. I'd be like, all right, cool. Mm. You know, I think as a, a woman or everyone's sexuality is so different, but I think as a woman, like men are like, got to put their dick in something even if it's just their hand, but a woman is like, I don't know, wants to have sex once in a while just to be filled up. You know what I mean? Not like, ew. I really don't like where this conversation's going. You brought it there. I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> Can this be Patreon only? Oh my God. Oh, speaking of Patreon only, me and Joey did a uh, boys club. Boys club number four Yeah. is currently live on patreon.com slash church of chill. You guys are hilarious. I think we're getting better at it, too. I think Joe, I, if Joey lived around here, we, I would just put that as a, a regular podcast that we do as part of this feed. But we also talk about shit that like I don't want on our regular feed. So you have to go to patreon.com slash church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you going to spill the beans about how exciting it's going to be coming up? Or you, I don't even know what you're talking about. So go for it. Well, your new intro. Oh, that's in the works. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to, yeah. You've been literally spending all night, every night, like, well, the last night you spent, like, all night just being, like, editing this promo-like intro for Boys Club that is pretty freaking hilarious. Oh, I think it's, like, it's a culmination of all my life's work. (laughs) Uh, And I'm sitting there, I'm I'm editing, like, late at night, and it, like, it's weird. I started editing at midnight. And I edited till like two in the morning and I, I had to stop myself because it, it literally felt like I drank a cup of coffee. Like I was so engaged and I've never made myself laugh like this before. Like yeah. I'll think of funny things in my head and be like have like a little giggle like, oh, you're so funny, Sean. This was literally like I would come up with something. I could see it in my head and then I'm making the changes to the video and like playing it down and just dying laughing. And it was just so fun. It was like probably the most fun I could have on my own. And I never edit. It's weird. I should do it more because it's so fun. Well, from looking at myself, from looking at you and looking at Mare and Joe even, mm. I'm like, I think there's like a creative flow that's happening. I think Leo season's very creative. I think summer can be very creative. And I think... 
Mare's deeper in her shit than ever. Yeah. She's like, she usually wants to hang out with us. And she's like, I need an extra day for music. She's on fire. I I don't even, I don't want to be the extinguisher on that. She's Mm -hmm. fucking on fire right now. The stuff she's put, well, it'll probably have dropped already by the time this comes out. But yeah, Mare's crushing it. What were you saying? Just that I think what we do in this podcast is kind of take stock. We're like, I don't know if we're canaries in the coal mine, but we're just kind of like another reflection of a time and space. You know, right mm-hmm. now it's, what, end of July? Yeah. And I'm like just making note of like, wow, it's really cool that things have felt really creative and, you know, people are engaged. I see more art being posted. Uh, the book club on the Discord's picked up again, if anyone wants to get in on that. Oh, man. The, the Discord's going crazy right now. It's awesome. And I, I really do think like everything you're talking about right now, it does have to do with like Leo season and everyone's individual astrology and what's going on collectively. But it's also like we were very intentional about what we wanted this summer to be like and to feel like. Yeah. And we knew we were going to have a very small window of opportunity where we weren't going to have to pay rent. And we're in that opportunity right now. And we flew Joey up here to make a movie and we're not wasting days really we we haven't wasted any days which it's weird because it creates this sense like god damn everything's moving so fast but at the same time i'm like this is what this was our intention for the summer this is what we were trying to do trying to make art with our friends trying to uh raise our little frequency and hopefully raise the frequency of our little collective and uh you know put out a dope movie at the end of it like as like a Sweet little treasure at the yeah, end. Yeah, we're we're collecting some great treasures that I can't wait to share. Oh my god! Some beautiful moments and yeah. people, and it's like a dream come true. Doing like, I mean, right now it's casual, and we've been treating it kind of casually. And I think there's a there's a time and a space where this movie might step into a higher gear, where we're like, okay, we are going to be more official with the camera and more official with getting a budget and doing just different things. But right now, just like kind of floating and doing it with like our little A7S. I'm like, God, it's so funny. People usually work up from the A7S. They're like, okay, I'm making my first documentary with the A7S. And you and I are like... The opposite. You went from like professional cinematographers and... Gaffers, grips, fucking, you know... Cameras and everything. 12-person crew. To like, we keep going back to our dream of like, how can we be as as small and nimble as possible? That if we want to spend an extra five days on the road, we can, or follow this rabbit hole down something. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we made that switch when we kind of did Trump rally on our cell phones, which was really fun. And like you and I filmed a lot of it and hired like random people or paid like our friends like 50 bucks or whatever yeah, to yeah. just like get some footage. But um, yeah, it's so funny how I just don't want any boundaries or barriers between us and making art because because we've made art for as long as we have and because we put it out for free we have to adapt to like okay we could only invest so much in something that might not make us money might not make any impact whatsoever anywhere yeah so but uh, we're committed because we're going to keep doing it because it's what we, we love to do yeah well and it's also making us who we are and um uh, there, there's there's this fucking there's there's this dance when you when you do what we're doing and we're like cool we're making a movie called Wooks, where I'm just like, we've become Wooks in the making of this thing. Like it uh, it was inevitable, but I didn't realize like how nuanced and how pervasive that would be. Yeah, we're relying on the generosity of your parents right now. Yeah. To host us in their basement as we get save some money for our next place and. 
figure out our next move and figure out where we even want to live. That's you know, the I think, main thing. We have money, but it's like, where do we want to live? Like, where do we want to be? And it feels and that's like a big decision because yeah. you and I are such nesters that when we get someplace, we're like, all right, this is the place. Yeah. To rush prematurely into some like high rent situation when the housing market is insane is like, we're very fortunate, I think. Yeah. But it is very wookie. Oh, totally. Every, everything we're doing. I yeah. mean, you know, like we're going on week-long camping trips and fucking beg borrowing and stealing. Like we're we're making this we're making this movie for for nothing right now. We do need money to make it and to finish it. And if you want to be one of those people, hit us up. If you want to be one of the like uh an investor or a producer on this project, it would mean the world to us. Um any amount really helps. But yeah, uh and and Mare's always Mare's told me she was like this is going to be kind of the vibe of your life for a little bit. You're going to have to get used to receiving other people's. Well, you've resources. been so generous for so long. Like always been the one who's like, "Oh, you need money to buy your house. Oh, you need money for this. Oh, you need money like to go to school or whatever it is." Like I feel like you've given a lot and I think the natural flow is it's like, "Okay, now you have to be a little bit comfortable with receiving cuz there's a way of like wanting to do stuff with less ego and i think it kind of requires like a surrendering to be like oh shit i'm going to receive some generosity you've been generous with your parents you've lent them money and stuff like that in the past and now they're being generous with you and like it's really cool yeah yeah and that seems to be like this the wook mentality too is like this give and receive and Mm -hmm. and how do you get your your wings through kindness Mm -hmm. you know that that's one of the things one of the kids out there showed us he was like Oh, I just got my wings and he was showing us a tattoo, crudely done tattoo of, of like angel wings, um, coming off like a, like a steel, which made it kind of more badass. It's so badass. And, and he was like, I, I, uh, I earned my wings finally, you know, I'm 31 years old. I finally earned my wings. And I was like, how do you earn your wings? And he's like, um, through kindness. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, what the fuck? It's like the reminder that I think we have to do with each other all of the time because we're, you know, you're in this f- familial dynamic, which is like very triggering and challenging because you're dealing with your dad who in a lot of ways has been like a tumultuous relationship throughout your life. Oh my and God. And so <laughs> you've, there's some trauma and stuff that has happened. That's been really hard on the little Sean. Yeah. You know, that had to grow up too early because your dad was a little, little crazy. Little you know? Shawnee. Little Shawnee. Little Shawnee couldn't fucking handle like little Shawnee could handle everything but he was like scared and anxious and like had stomach problems and like just a fucked up person little shawnee's still in there no totally he comes out sometimes I know. but i think now you're better at like saying like the, yesterday you were really upset and you're like starting to talk about something that happened to you at like 14 and 15 and three and five and you're yeah. like saying all this stuff and i'm like your dad just came down to ask us if we, what about like if we want to do something together for dinner and it was like difficult for you because it was, there's all these like triggers that happen, you know? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, this is actually really interesting because yeah, I do. I, I'll get triggered pretty easily by him. Probably the most easily, he probably triggers me more easily than anyone else. I don't even know if anyone else has access to the trigger like this motherfucker does. And it's because we've been through a lot and, we've done a lot of uh forgiving and we've become really good friends and uh you know he's going through stuff in his life and i'm going through stuff in my life we're both at like very strange points in our life and we want to figure out how to work together 
and um it's great because i'm i'm in the fire right now and it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing i need to be i need to be in the flames i need to i need to have um layers burned away layers of the illusion burned away and no better way to do that than to immerse myself with my family yeah i find this with my parents too and it was so funny i was just talking to joey on the phone and his mom asked him to do something and he was like it's so funny she asked me to do something and i just became like all of a sudden a little brat like oh mom that's so far of a drive like what and she's like i do nice things for you i've done nice things for you like kind of like like have you what like give birth to you and raise you you know yeah she's done everything for him yeah and so for him to her to ask him to do something and him to whine about it she just had to be like you know i've done nice things for you and he's like oh yeah why am i being such like a little boy but that's that's what happens like ramda says like go spend a week with your family if you think you're enlightened yeah and so it's this this thing that happens is when we're the kid it's like we're so used to our parents maybe not you as Mm -hmm. much with your dad or whatever but like we're used to them serving us are you hungry do you want to do this are you what do you want to do and then we kind of can get trapped in that like childhood state of like oh yeah what are they doing for me they're supposed to protect me Mm. i'm like i need to and then and it's kind of like oh in this process and it's easier for me to see this as like oh we need to serve your family they're serving us by letting us stay in their basement like we need to serve them by like i try to cook food and do stuff with katie and help them out in different ways they need us right now like this is like this makes the most sense and it makes the most sense for me spiritually too Mm mm-hmm because there's this guy I am there there's there's Sean the artist who like lives up to all these ideals and then there's Sean the person who's like deeply flawed and fucking uh judgmental and like we all are yeah yeah totally but like I don't think I think a lot of people can avoid confronting that and I'm just at a place right now where I can no longer avoid confronting that it's very I'm very much in the dynamic right now of like that artist version of me and the lower form of me need to like the highest my highest self and my lowest self need to like it's time for them to come together and figure out how to navigate and who I really want to be and not just talk shit but actually fucking put shit into practice and it's tough it's it's really tough but I I think um you know I was was just listening to uh, Dr. David Hawkins talk about judgmentalism versus discernment and i i think that like that's the spectrum and i think we're we're so good at um discernment in our films that's what we do we go towards something and we don't judge it we try to discern we try to essentialize we try to figure out what the essence of this thing is and then there's the other side of us that is extremely judgmental and all that that person just wants uh other people or other things to be more like us Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't you being more like me or my view of the world? Why aren't you conforming to... And you especially want... Because with anyone besides your family, you're like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you Oh, might I'm tr- so good about it. Like, cool. Because know. they're not a reflection of you. It's like with yes. your, your your immediate family. They're like such a reflection of who you are because you come from them and you've been yeah. raised by them. And so it can be like anything that they do that you might perceive is like, look, I, you don't like this as a reflection of who I am. Like you don't want that as part of your character. Identity yeah. It's great. It's crazy because I value, um, like focus and quiet and discipline so much. And when I'm, when I'm up there, all that stuff's out the window. And I, so I go into judgment about it. Like, why can't they be focused? Why can't they turn off the TV? Why can't we quiet down? Why can't we share a moment? Why can't we have a deeper conversation? That's not us screaming over commercials. Like it's, it's so intense and it's not who I fancy myself to be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
Yeah, it, 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 I think it pops me into that, that fucking wounded inner child version of me that's probably 16 and scared and uh, doesn't know what to do and doesn't really have many skills to deal with it. But And has a lot of legitimate reasons to be very disappointed and frustrated with your dad yeah. and his behavior, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so different than me. Mm-hmm. It, like, if you hung out with us two, I, I must share so many qualities with him. But it's crazy because living together, I can't. I'm like, where is the overlap here? Like, we get along great. We really do. Like, I'm, it, like he was even saying, like, you're my only friend. And I'm like, that makes me want to step up. You know, that like, I'm not just your son. I'm not just, like, killing time for a couple months until I find an apartment in the basement. Like, this is a moment for a father and a son to really, to reconnect. And um, for all the things I go crazy fucking judging him over including this morning he cologne bombed me like he fucking just put on a gallon of cologne came up and hugged me it gave me a goddamn asthma attack <laughs> like i thought about it i was like when he's not here anymore i'll probably fucking crave that smell you'll be dousing yourself in his cologne i'll probably be like man it doesn't smell like marlboro reds around here anymore you know what i mean yeah. like those things there or like you know just even how intense he can be in conversations but there's there's good qual there there's uh, good effects of all that stuff too and I try to like that's that's what I need to do is when I'm going down that path is just find any little scrap of dust any little speck of anything that can just welcome me back into the the kingdom of forgiveness and gratitude and um, it doesn't take much it really doesn't it doesn't take much yeah I was reminded of what um, Griff said to us he was telling us how you know um there's like monks, you know, who try to keep their temple right and, and, um, you know, keep it pristine and clean so they can meditate. And I think that's kind of how you feel like, okay, let's keep it clean down here. Let's keep it pristine. Let's keep the vibe good, everything. And then to, to Griff was kind of alluding to like, wooks are like, you know, the, the person who comes into the temple and like pisses in the temple and like makes it a mess. But by doing that, he'll show these monks who think that they're so wise and so calm that where there's work to be done. where there's work to be done because if you can get so mad and disturbed by someone um pissing on your temple of peace like what is your temple of peace worth anyway exactly you know it's exactly. like it's in those challenges and in those moments that you can f- find deeper peace and that's that's like where the real work is because being able to go to a mountain or be alone and find peace it's like, yeah, that's easy, but that's not life. Life is yeah. these moments, these interactions, these judgments, these... Life is breakups and debt and getting fired and a car accident and a flat tire and your kid is sick and... Yeah, that's what we're here as humans to kind yeah. of experience and navigate and yeah. um, learn from, you know, mm-hmm. and not beat yourself up for not doing it perfectly, but look for the opportunities to do it better and, and to like welcome yourself into the gratitude and the grace and into service and being less selfish and oh what about my peace it's like why is your peace more important than everyone's peace you know and yeah kind of navigating well like yesterday world. my dad disturbed our peace and then i just fucking trashed the whole house you know i burned down the temple he peed in the temple and then i was just like burn it <laughs> fuck it there is no temple you know <laughs> And it's great because in that moment I learned a lot about myself and the first thing like I, I woke up early like like with the energy of the world because I knew I needed to just go apologize to my dad. Like I had serious purpose this morning because we went from yesterday being like 
cool. Um, we have money. Let's just use it to go get a shithole apartment in Peekskill and fucking, you know, whatever. Just go back to our life, our life that's very controlled and isolated and we decide and it's, yeah, our temple. Let's rebuild our temple and and keep these ones out. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, but by the end of the night with you and I talking and processing and stuff, kind of came around to the opposite. Yeah. And it's funny because I know we're going to, I know that it's, yeah, yeah it, of course, while it we ebbs live and here, flows. it's going to ebb and flow. It's going to. Because there's nothing, you can't hold on to a moment of like, okay, I'm at peace here, and now I'm going to be at peace here. It's like, it's going to be, tomorrow's going to be like, let's get the fuck out of here, you know no, what but, I mean? Uh, but I, I, I think that what can change it is just day by day saying, like, like yesterday was like a big intention was set of like, we're here in service. Yeah. This isn't about our life. And we knew that when we moved here, it's just like, I forgot. Mm-hmm. We're here in service. My parents are old. Yeah. They have a 34-year-old disabled daughter up there. Yeah. Who, who needs things. Yeah, and we know when they want to have dinner, so it's, like, on us to, like, remember and talk to yeah. them about a plan rather than being like, hey, we're going to meditate. Like, if we want to meditate, we have to ask permission almost, and that kind of feels like when we come from a life of, like... Freewheeling, we, doing whatever. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, what the fuck? We have to ask for permission to close the door for 20 minutes? But it's yeah. like, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Th- that's okay. And um, it, w- what I'm trying to do is carve out new neural pathways, so... I become less reactionary and it really, really, really is trial by fire in this house Yeah, because, um, everything in this house is designed to keep you reactionary and keep you in fight or flight mode. And that's what I keep popping into. And that's what I find myself like constantly apologizing for around here. It's like, damn, I was doing good. Like I, I, it was, it was great. And then I'm in fight or flight mode because, uh, a seizure happened or a glass got smashed, or the TV is too loud, and they're fucking talking about how great Joe Biden is, and like I can't. Or your handle. dad was inconsiderate, but it doesn't. Yeah. It's not just about that moment. It's about how he was inconsiderate to you at 16, and there's totally. like all this stuff oh, that totally. comes up that I can't even necessarily know or navigate because it's not. We're not at my parents' house, you and know. And if we were, we'd I'd be going through the same thing. You'd be going through the same thing, and it would look different. The other day, well, like a couple visits ago at my mom's, we woke up at like you know 8:30 a.m. or 9 a.m. Bob Dylan blasting blasting through the whole house well, i mean no one loves bob dylan more than me i ca- i went downstairs but. and i lost it i was like mom what are you doing what to the us? fuck are you doing like she's like well i thought you had slept enough i'm like i don't give a fuck <laughs> if you think i've slept enough <laughs> you want me to visit you and whatever like show like chill out and i just like turned off the music and like you know I think there's ways to also like work with people like, you yeah. know, my mom hasn't blasted them. She understands like I will spend time with you, but like, yeah, I have to be awake first. Yeah, she she's the best. She's really good at working with us. My mom's really good at working with us. Like, I think your dad would be my dad's tough. He's 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 a tough cookie. Um, maybe we should have Merritt give him a reading on the podcast so we can find out a little bit more about what makes a person end up like this and like just the sweetest kindest soul you could ever come across the the most open-hearted motherfucker that there could be no because that's that's why it's like kind of crazy when you get mad at him because i'm like from my perspective i'm like he was trying to be loving sean (laughs) yeah yeah but like i'm i'm like um i'm very concerned about like how inconsiderate comes off in the process like like that i'm I'm very concerned about mindfulness because that's my trip yeah that ain't my dad's trip yeah you know what i mean and maybe he can learn from it, but the only way he's going to learn from it is by me being more mindful, not me screaming about mindfulness. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, you yeah, totally. I mean, I, mean I, I can see from the outside really easily. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is ridiculous. You're screaming about how you are a peaceful person, yeah. you know? It's insane. 
it's insane. And You're like, I'm peaceful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's like um, it's like what Jack Cornfield says. It's like, uh, fucking, in, instead of you know spare your family the religiosity if you're gonna fucking be a jesus freak just be jesus don't sit there fucking talking about them and and trolling everybody just you yeah. know spare them and just become the thing become the buddha become the christ fucking right. do your thing you know and sometimes i need a harsh reminder like a rough day or a rough week or a rough few months to be like all right cool i'm i'm clearly already navigating this territory how do i do it with more grace mm-hmm. um and and this goes for anyone listening. Like, there's something like this in your life. There's something that chaps your ass. There's something that, like, uh, triggers you unlike anything else could. And a lot of times, like, it's an ex or maybe a current partner or a family member or fucking the whole world of careers and jobs and bosses and mm-hmm. being a subordinate and, like, all this fucking shit. Uh, there, there is something like that in everyone's life. So we all have like an example to work with and I, I just slept on it for a second and I want to be better now. I really do. And I probably say that every day. Well, you're in the best place to do it because you wake up and you go upstairs and your dad accepts your apology. You know what I mean? He is that loving that he can accept your apology. He not only accepts it, like I'm barely getting it out of my mouth and he's like, my boy, my boy, (laughs) just covering me in cologne. And also like your parents, they're... They're fiery, passionate people as well. They, yeah, it's not yeah. like yelling and screaming and burning down the temple isn't something that they do on their own. They don't do on their They're own. They're doing accord. it whether we're here or not. So this like, is like this is we're in the fire, you know. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! Totally. We thought we were before living in New York City. Like that was fucking easy mode. That was easy mode. It's like oh we're getting paid all kinds of money, so we just pay for a very expensive apartment and. We're isolated. We get to see people on our terms when we decide to see them, when we decide to let people over, when we decide to go to my parents' house. Now we're in a situation where it's like, well, we really can't have anyone over here. We're kind of just here. We don't get to decide when we see our parents. We see them every day. And, you know, um, we're getting to know each other a lot better. We're getting to know each other a lot better. And I think that uh, for... The majority of the rest of my life when my parents aren't here, I'll be looking back at this fondly and looking back at this time fondly when we're all here and we're all healthy. Yeah, multi-generational living is kind of a gift and it's kind of like it feels like we're going back to something. Like it feels like we are a a community here. I mean, like like it sounds so stupid, but it really is the way. Um, I will come out of this a healthier, more well-rounded person and... um, I'll have a tighter bond with my family, which is really hard to do in capitalism is, is like carve out the space and the time for multiple people to really connect, not just in a surface level, but to really connect and get to know each other, see true, see each other through a hard time. I think that's why my family's so close. It's because we've had nothing but fucking hard times like for so long. And it's like, now we're kind of going through it. Like since we moved in here, Caitlin's had like two seizures. It's so amazing. Insane. I don't think anyone could possibly understand know, how that, insane that is. Yeah, I don't, like th- th- that used to be two seizures before breakfast. It used to be celebrating when we'd go six days without a seizure. Oh, yeah. Now it's like 24 days. Yeah. It's like seriously knock on wood about yes. it. But um, yeah, it's really beautiful because with that gives like a breath and yeah. not, I mean, you still, everyone still jumps when you hear a slam, but it's like, we're not waiting for the slam the way we were. 
Yeah, when it, it's yeah, it's really tough when when you're in in active epilepsy, you know, where it's like seizures could come anytime. Where it's it's funny because we just get a few days reprieve here and there, and then you're like, you, you shift into a different gear, and and there's just a lighter like there's a lightness and not that like like look this is caitlin's reprieve from seizures right now is giving my family a chance to focus on some more interpersonal dynamics that never evolved mm-hmm. if that makes sense like um I, like i talk about focus a lot on this podcast but when you know when when you're focused on a narrative and it gets interrupted by a seizure all the time like there's just no growth going on like there's the growth of like wow, I want to become less reactionary to these seizures. I want to be there for Katie more. But like everything that got interrupted is just out the window, you know, and it's just like we're dealing with a way bigger thing right now. So I think that um, this is a very unique time in my family's life where we can get closer to each other because we're not being interrupted every three seconds by seizures. So we can kind of feel like, who am I really? Who are you really? How do we really get along? What do we want to talk about? What is our dynamic? You know, what do we need to work out? My mom's still very busy with work and I look forward to when she retires and we can get to know her better too, you mm-hmm. know, and maybe have her on the podcast and yeah, around and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's been a very interesting fucking summer. You know, I, after last summer I was like, well, we're probably not never going to top that one, but, but we're going to keep on keeping on. And we find a way. We always find a way to make it like more interesting and more funny and more people and just more love and it's so dope. I feel like uh the church of chill mycelium is spreading rapidly. Do you mind if I go pee? Not at Let's all. take a quick pause. We're back. We're live. We're already doing better. I have a call. I saw your dad walk up about 15 minutes ago. I have a call from him from 14 minutes ago. Um, Just wanted to let you know that I took magic to C-Town. And um, even though they told me no more pugs in the store, I, t- I, I talked to the manager. I said, look, I'm a disabled veteran. I have a handicap license plate. This is a service dog. She spreads joy. She's well-behaved. You won't even know she's here. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be something <laughs> like that. It'll be, well, that where where you're like, sorry, wait, why did you call me? I just left. I was writing a treatment for a job that's going to help us get the money to get out of here. Wait, what are we talking about? 
<laughs> well, like you're, when your dad used to call 13 times, we were like, holy shit, like we that missed a call. That gives me a heart attack. Yeah. It gives me a heart attack because it's like something happened with Katie. Like we got to like, but now he sometimes he'll call 13 times and we're like, you know what? We'll call him back in a little bit. <laughs> I mean, we were camping the other day and I woke up to 13 missed calls from him and I'm like, what the fuck? Oh my God. Do something to, we might have to go back today. And I called back and he's like, your mother says you guys are out camping because you think I'm an asshole. And I'm like, uh, I was like, just fucking keep your fucking, I can't get involved with your, your relationship up there. Like, I, I'm sorry. I can't get involved. Like I could, I could barely keep track of my own relationships. Like, what? I, I don't know what y'all, y'all, you and mom are getting into. <laughs> yeah. 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 How was your pee? It was great. Great. Flowing. Awesome. I took a blue chew. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to our boy Griff. Can we just fucking hell yeah? Can we say like um, uh, a fan of the podcast f- going back a ways now? And yeah, he's been very. He's kept me doing this podcast because yeah. right when I need it, he'll send a message like, "Hey, that podcast. You guys mean a lot to me. Love listening, and you like you know just being incredibly yeah. kind and encouraging." Yeah, if you dig our podcast, you owe a thanks to Griff because he definitely keeps us like because we, we can lose the narrative, obviously. Um, but Griff definitely for years has just been the guy that's just like, Oh man, last oh. episode is great. He shares our stuff. Well, like, also like he plays church of chill at the campgrounds. Like yeah, he plays the music and yeah. he's like, I turned on all my friends and like, yeah. we get together and have listening parties and I'm like, God damn. And then you meet him and you're like, who could like us? Like who, they got nothing going on. And I'm like, he's the coolest guy ever. He's yeah. so much cooler than us. I know. And I'm I like, know. this happens every time. Like I anyone know. who somehow, wants to be encouraging to us, I meet them and I'm like, God damn, you are so yeah, cool. Yeah, you're taking this so much further than and we ever And you're could. so, like, just a genuine down-to-earth person. Yeah. And I feel so fortunate that whatever rogue signal we're putting out is attracting, like, the coolest motherfuckers. The griffs of the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's the man. And uh, artists won't say this, but I'm going to say it right now. When When artists are putting stuff out for free, like the best way to pay us is like to share that thing. Like that's, that's like, that means the world to an artist. Like we've all become so such content hungry consumers, like just very callous. But if someone made something cool and you really like it, share it. Yeah. I should even be better about that. I love so many things. Share. I I do it or, or shout it out. Or speak well to it, you know. How many how many podcasts have we done where we just sit here and honor a movie that we saw, you know, or talk about an album? How many episodes of the Come Up did we just sit there and talk about an artist and honor them, you know, to to try to just spread the word about that person so they could keep doing their thing? Like, it means the world to us when people see our stuff and share it. We already lost the money. Like when we make something like American Sunset, it's like we're already we already lost that fucking twenty grand or whatever. Like we we invested it, we made this thing. And you watching it and sharing that is a way of paying for it. We're putting it out for free so you do that, so it can be shared. Not so you can say, hey, somebody hop on fucking uh, Netflix and rent this for six. No, these are free. These are free. Share them. And Griff's just really good about that, and it means the world. He, I never had to tell him that. He just gets it. He watches one of our podcasts. It's powerful, and he shares it on Facebook. And it's a small gesture, but it means a lot. It really does. It, it, uh, it means a lot. You know, Cause we don't we don't believe it or not get a lot of feedback about this. We're fucking two hundred seventy plus episodes deep, and I'm like not sure. Well, because we're doing <laughs> it, I feel like we're we do it for people, and we 
and Griff keeps us going, but we do it for ourselves. Like, I feel like we're just kind yeah. of like, it's a, uh, we have to do something creative, like, and talking and letting things flow is a creative act. And it also allows us to have this, like, for us to put something out. And that's, I think, a big part of the creative process for us. Mm. And an important part of the creative process is like, okay, you, you can do your art, but if, if it's not being received or you're not sharing it or you're not, it's almost like you got to like share it to let it go. Yes. You know? Yeah. And then, cause if, if you got to make space, like mm-hmm. I'm doing these stupid little craft projects, but like I do, like I've have this dream to like make this big perler bead art or this clay thing. And I'm like, I can't let all these things as stupid as they are just like sit in my bean because if I don't let them move through me, I'm not going to get to the next thing. Oh man, that's a, that's a really, um, that's an astute point. Cause I, I picture as you're saying that, like, like a log jam, a fucking bottle, a classic bottleneck of just like, there's a lot more ideas to come, but you haven't done these ones yet. And it's creating a little bit of a log jam here and things are building up on top of it. Mm -hmm. And that's when, that's when like fight or flight can come into your creative process and you don't want that. So, well, if any of you, if you do all the creating in your head, you don't get the, real tactile experience of like actually this doesn't work that well mm-hmm. you know because if i keep like building like i wanted to do this perler like these are these little plastic beads you put on a thing and i like saw in the because i go to the craft store and it's my favorite place to go um i saw this like thing of perler like a perler bead sheet that you could do this big and i'm like i've been trying to plan it and think about it and what do i want to do but i literally had to just start doing the little ones like that are this big and then the ones that are this big and i'm like i'm still not ready to do this one but i know if i didn't start doing like (coughs) actually doing the little ones i wouldn't be getting closer to the big one because i'm just still just thinking about like oh and i'm finding out like i don't know if i even care about the big one anymore it's the process you're back in the process i'm always about the process yeah well it has to be about that yeah because otherwise you're just opening yourself up to a world of things that could prevent you from continuing to do your your thing well also if you just build all your creative projects in your head you don't i mean you yeah you're protected from the failure Mm -hmm. but you don't get the satisfaction of the completion yeah and i I guess for me i'm trying like it's a active process you're not protected from the failure though because to me the only way to fail is to not do it that's true you know that's the only way to fail at art is just keeping it in your head and keeping it to yourself yeah, because what is art about? Like, yeah, we appreciate that people like or receive the art, but I think it's the act of the creative process of, like, how that evolves your soul, of how you... Because, I don't know, I love thinking about how I'd want to do something, but sometimes I can't think about the next, you know? I don't yeah. I feel like I'm talking in circles right now, but... I, I mean, I, when, when you say, like, what is art, I do think of, I think of, like, a mushroom releasing, like, millions of spores into the air. Like, I feel like that's what, that's what it is for me, you know? Like, we put out, we, we put out a film, and it's like, it's just like a cloud of spores comes off of us, and it just goes out into the ethers, and who knows what's, how it's going to work, or what's going to take, or what's going to lead to more other kinds of mushrooms growing and those kind of things. We put out a podcast. It's like a little less spores get released, but it's still, it's a, it's a release. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like where we've dived in is like, okay, we ask people through these movies and these documentaries to like bear their soul and spirit. And mm-hmm. that's where it kind of felt like, oh, well we need to start doing that. Like, uh, yeah, the movies get way better once we started doing this. 
I mean, they're all good, but once we put into, like, we were like, okay, between the movies, we need to do a, be doing a podcast to keep our creative thing going, and just, we should be doing what we're expecting other people to do when they meet us, and a lot of times for our films, we're, like, in the films, you're seeing the entirety of the interaction we might have had with that person, mm-hmm. so they're, like, we're expecting to, and they always do, just pop into the magic. And I think we need to do a lot of things behind the scenes so we're in that place because it's it's so it's so cliche at this point, but you get what you give. Mm-hmm. You get what you give. And people used to ask me that, especially when I first started making films. They're like, how did you get them to be like this or do that? And I didn't. I just got what I gave. I, I showed up as a vulnerable person and an open book. And whether I told them my life story, all the struggles I went through growing up, this and that, it doesn't matter. They can feel that off me, you know, because I'm not hiding behind a persona and I'm, I'm not hiding behind a list of questions. I'm not hiding behind these layers. I've had to do that. We've, we've both, we've had to really do that work to basically um, tune our presence. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what, that's what the well, running that's and the exercise is That's what the podcast about. is. It's yeah. like, oh. We have to be just be present in this moment and share our present moment with people. Yeah. Because that's kind of what I want, so that's what I want to give. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I I want a chill hang, so let's put out a chill hang for people who can't physically be here with us. You mm-hmm. know, I, I like a chill hang, so I need to be a chill person, and we, I don't know, hopefully people think this is chill. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's a church of chill, baby. Fucking chillin'. The church, my dad's obsessed with the church of chill. He, like, God, I I wish my parents were rich. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it made me who I am that they're not. And and in so many ways, they are. In so many ways. It's like, we have a house. We can take showers. We can eat. We have air conditioning. Like, in so many ways, we are. We have a car. You know, all that stuff. But, like, my my dad, is he's like me. He's a dreamer, man. And yeah. Like, he, he feels he feels the vibration of the Church of Chill now that we live here. And he's like, Sean, we need to take this further. We need people to know that they can come to you and they can they can find that chill in themselves. And he's like, he, he gets it. He gets it. He would definitely be a, before he you, is a high priest of the movement. Before you were born, though, he was, he was given satsang. You know he what was. I mean? He was 23 years old. 23 years old he just dropped into his spiritual life you know i guess probably probably from the use of uh psychedelics and pot i think that um mixed with a girlfriend who was obsessed with you know maharaji yeah um yeah and you know got into meditation and um you know followed this like this dude i can't remember his name maharaji like he, he, he who was 14 years old when my dad started following him my dad wow. went to India to see him, and he, he was a 14-year-old. Wow. Yeah, crazy. And he goes by Primrose now, but um, yeah, his his path is wild, and you know he got knocked off. His his uh, a, a real test came when he um, was 23 years old, had just got back from India, and um, had uh, a, this this beautiful girlfriend and a roommate, and they were moving into an apartment. Uh, a lake house that they had rented and my my dad would like at the time literally would just go places and just start speaking and people would like gather around and just listen to this 23 year old kid like just speak from the heart and uh 
the day they were moving into that place, my dad, uh, they didn't have their phone hooked up yet. So my dad, like, oh, let me, I got to go make a phone call. I'm going to run down to the gas station and goes down to the gas station and gets just fucking hit head on by a drunk driver and um, was in a body cast for six months. And it just, it threw him off his path. You know, it was, it was the test of all tests, but like, can you get thrown off your path? You though? can't get thrown off your path, but he got, th- he got thrown off. He, he lost his, uh, his, yeah. his, his discipline about, uh, meditation and the, yeah. the narrative changed yeah. and his life got tuned to like, uh, he just being like this for six months and being taken care of and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was a big test for him. And yeah. And he, he, uh, he came out of it and never, never like, like recaptured the discipline that he had. Yeah. And he talks about it all the time. It's so funny. He's like, Sean, I used to be like you. I used to go and meditate and I knew. And I'm like, you do it right now. Right now. But it's easy for me to say, you know, because it's now it's been uh, 45 years since that car accident. Mm-hmm. And a lot of fucking shit has gone down and it scrambles around like a goddamn tornado in his head. You know, like you can feel that when you're around him. There's a there's a fucking tornado just going around in there. And um and he's dealing with physical pain from that accident with, still. He's still you know? dealing with physical pain and, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough. Like, you know, life's tough. And um, finding your focus is, like, really, really tough. Really. Finding your focus enough to even know what you would want to do with your life is really hard. It's yeah. really, really hard. I get lost on the daily, not with what I want to do with my life, but like whether or not I feel good about life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I realize like, oh, at least I know what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like I might not be as good at what I'm doing as I want to be, but at least I know what I want to get better at. Like yeah. at least I. Yeah. There's a. It, it makes it very easy for us to navigate like the career part of our life. I feel like because we we know so clearly who we are and what we want to do with our films, with the podcast, with the church, with all this stuff, like we know that it it it, it makes a lot of other things very easy. We have a, we have a guiding principle in our life, and we it, have a whiteboard with like fifteen ideas on it. Yeah, yeah. And so if I had the money, I'd make them all this year. Yeah, right. L- like really, our then our we ideas could really are, move some energy. Th- they're, yes, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It, it seems like that's what like that's what you want to do. Like like for me, it's very tempting to be like, Cass, look at all these ideas. We could make these in a year if we just had the money. Well, and what's so been so validating, I think, for us is realizing like, no matter like we're all serving different gods, and Mayor reminds me of that. You know, you don't know what god someone's serving, mm. um, but we've found, and I've said this before, but that if you don't just serve the money gods, the money still comes. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you still have to serve somebody. Mm-hmm. And so we're ser- serving like this art and yeah, we're not making the most financially viable products yeah. Yeah. because that's not what we're interested in. But somehow people still call us like on the week or like, Hey, I really like, we have people calling us right now being like, we really believe in your movies. We want to help you make them. And who knows if it'll ever happen. But the fact that people are want to do that, it just feels like. Well, it just shows what we're making um, is uh, effective art. It's yeah. it's moving people in an industry that is based on fear. Mm-hmm. It's, it's moving them to say, I want to take a chance on you guys. Like, I want to invest in your work and I want your voice to be heard. And it's really cute. 
um, very, 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 very rarely pans out for us. Um, but it's it pans cute. Out, it is cute, but it pans out in other ways. Like yeah. we'll get offered a job or some other opportunity will come up, you know, and it's, it's, I think we've done the dance enough that when we get caught up on like, oh, we need to take our art differently or seriously or fit into some box. That's not no. who we are. So nope. it never works. So it doesn't work out, but it seems to keep working out. I guess it, it will. It seems like we do serve some gods that are like, it seems like we've, we've put enough work out there now. There's enough, like just lottery tickets floating out in the ether for us. Like every now and then one of them pays off and it's really cool. But the, the cycle goes like this uh, and you can add details to this. Um, but it's like, we put out a movie that no one would have funded. No one would have even fucking considered giving us money. Like Florida Man's a great example. We spent probably fifteen grand. Our last fifteen grand. We had fifteen Literally. grand in the in the bank, and we spent it all making that movie, and we put it out for free. And um, so it it spreads around, and people see like, whoa, the, whoa, this thing has millions of hits. Like, how did this get made? And then they realize it's independent, and we're not beholden to anyone. And they're like, ooh, they're available. Maybe I can get my my fangs in them and. They come to us with all kinds of promises. Let's make Florida Man the series. Let's oh, do this. let's do this. Anything you guys want to do, you guys are God's gift to filmmaking. No one does it like you. All that just gas you up, like all this shit. It's very, it's not effective on us these days, but it used to be, and we, we'd get caught up. Mm -hmm. And we would derail our very focused process to kind of do this path with the industry. Yeah. And then the second you're like, okay, cool. Well, you want to fund one of our projects? we're making Wooks. Here's how much it's going to cost. Here's the schedule. Here's the release date. Here's what we plan on doing with it. Here's how we plan on marketing it. The whole thing is planned. Then they start with the like, um, well, where's this going to end up? Like, I don't really see. Then, then it, all the fear stuff starts coming. When, when, when push comes to shove, when we're like, cool, all right, you want to fucking help us make stuff? We're making art. This isn't, this isn't a, 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 a fucking consumer product. This is art. Don't think about this in a money-making way. And they're always like, yeah, 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 yeah. When it comes time to cut the check, it's all the doubt creeps in. Then they start reporting back to us all the things that they th see that are wrong with that idea or our project or the way we approach things. And they start filling us with fucking bullshit narratives based on fear, based on industries we don't care about, based on audiences that don't give a fuck about us. And all this other bullshit starts to just fucking muck up the water and just fuck up our life you know and so we've learned to kind of navigate and avoid those things and i think our partnership helps because you're really good at kind of dealing with those people in a kind respectful way i'm not like i am at my wits end when they first call i'm like ah you're full of shit you're not gonna do it you're not gonna do it and they're like no we are we are gonna do it we're gonna fucking fund this we're gonna fund. yeah right okay okay and it never ends up working out but maybe we need to just change the way we think about it and i don't know I, I i don't know how to remedy it but that literally is the cycle we make something dope it gets really well received someone is praising us and and bowing at the altar of our art and then we're like cool uh you can totally take part in it for this small fee and they're like i don't know actually you guys suck no one watches your stuff it never makes money none of the platforms are going to really be down with this we don't really see where this is going i don't see where your 3x structure comes in or <laughs> who is the protagonist and the antagonist all just just fucking bullshit they don't even know what they're saying 
Yeah. Because they've never made anything. You know, they've just been on that end of things the whole time. So I don't know. I, I think what we started to do is just be like, cool. Well, well, they don't give a fuck about us. So let's not give a fuck about them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how we've ended up making cool things for so long and we'll continue to. But you never know. The narrative could could totally switch up. And we're open. We're we're very open. We're very open. We're riding the wild. It really is a wild ride. Yeah. Like you, you said the other day, you're like, surf the wave you're on. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about the the on come the, the the ones that you might get later or the fucking tidal wave that's forming way out there in the ocean just surf the wave you're on and focus on that and we are riding the crest right now <laughs> <laughs> and it is it's a very precarious feeling uh but i can learn to love that and appreciate that in a way and i feel like when you're doing that you're serving the gods of uh inspiration and peace and tranquility mm-hmm. and that's the shit i'm interested in yeah i think we've learned through this life how how little we understand about it mm. you know what i mean like of, yeah you know i don't know if there is like a way to beat the system or anything it's like it's so personal and it's also so magical mm-hmm. and like what you were saying before about kind of just tuning yourself to like the presence and the gratitude and bringing yourself back because it's just like it kind of can release the suffering you know and I don't even remember what the context was for me saying surf the wave you're on but it's just another way of saying like your life's probably going to be the smoothest if you're in the moment a hundred percent what what is uh like like depression is reaching into the past for terrible narratives and anxiety is reaching into the future for it so I don't know what, the, how do you kind of extricate yourself from that? You, you learn to just tune into the present moment. And, um, and actually my dad taught me this. The way to do that is to breathe Yeah. and to do conscious breathing and follow your breath. And he, he's always told me, he said, that's the word of God. That's the secret. Yeah. The word of God is the breath and every being on this earth, human or not shares that. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you tap into that conscious breathing will tune you into the present moment in a way that no drug can, no person can, no piece the of content. The drugs can give you like a, an extended awareness on your like karmic predicament. Like yes. that, that yeah. we, that your state of mind is very entangled with your karma. Like, were you nice to the person you last interacted with? Mm-hmm. You know, were you kind? Were you mindful? And if you weren't, like, you're then that, that car, like, I was doing, you you, you came back because you did a couple days with Joey and you came back and I felt like I was doing so good. And then I started talking to you about, you know, how I talked to your dad or whatever it is. And maybe not complaining, but kind of just like airing out a little stuff. And then I just felt like immediately the karma of not just being in the flow, but talking to you about, I was really in my flow today. And I really, you know, I was able to get through to your dad by talking about it like this. And, you know, and then it's like, I just felt it immediately Mm -hmm. that I wasn't just like in the flow anymore. And I wasn't the grace that I was earlier in that day. I was patting myself on the back for the grace I had that day. Yeah. And it, it like threw me in a way that the next day was like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. And I feel like, of course, I feel a lot of responsibility for it, things when they don't go well. But it was just a very clear moment to me of like, oh, yeah. 
you think you're finding grace and you think you're stepping into your power until you need to talk about, hey, I found my grace and I found my power. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, what am I talking about? That is not in this moment. I'm sacrificing my grace to congratulate myself for having grace. Yeah. That's not grace. Yeah, exactly. It's it, not grace at all. It, it's like the wolf from Pulp Fiction. Let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite just yet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, you know, like, it's just like, keep your head down, stay focused. Yeah. And also, like, you come home and I haven't seen you in a while. And, like, I mean, we're talking and I'm like, oh, I'm, like, venting a little. And then that affects you and that affects your relationship with your dad instead of me just, like, if I really had grace through those moments, then I wouldn't need to say anything about it to you. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't need to make it a thing of like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And you're really good about that. And like, if you're not complaining, I'm like, complain, just get it done with. Come on, do it or congratulate yourself. Come on. We need, we need a win here. We need a, f- a feeling of victory. Like I'll fuck with you like that. And you're just like, I'm just being graceful. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it was really, um, very revealing is is being at, um, we, we were like we, we mentioned griff he's been inviting us to this place nelson ledges quarry park for years and he's just like this place is fucking paradise for people like us and i believe him but i'm like uh we have a shit car and it's fucking seven hours away and we've just been busy and the quarantine and all this shit so years go by and uh, we finally go there and he warned us he was like this place gives you what you need not necessarily what you want and mm-hmm. we stepped foot on that fucking property and it was like just going into like high speed karmic fucking like everything you're you're just dealing with your karma right then and there fucking people set up their tent next to us and start blasting music that we can't find uh, like we can't find our peace when this music's going like we judge it fucking those people leave worse people come in we judge them fucking another terrible fucking thing happens like it, it's it was it was happening in in real time we talked about it a lot on boys club so fucking go check that out but we we went through kind of all the examples and how wild you talked was. about how you uh puked in the garbage can after making fun of somebody yep. who puked in a garbage can yeah yeah yep. and, and i knew better too <laughs> when i saw this kid like he was just like he was just walking down the path and just like opened up trash can real quick, puked and moved on with his life. And I was by myself and I was like, that was hilarious. I was like, that kid's having a rough time. And then I was like making fun of him to you guys. I was like, yo, I saw this kid fucking then cut to five hours later and I'm doing the same thing. Just walking by literally the same trash can. That's amazing. Literally the same exact trash can that I was fucking poking fun at this kid for puking on in six hours earlier. I'm there. There's me. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got to get my shit together. I got to tune back into the present moment. I got to um, be more discerning and less judgmental. And that, that's really, that that's the lesson of all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, did you talk about how you got that intense reading by that guy on Boys Club? Because um, that kind of relates to what we were talking about. We, we could talk about that because I we didn't really get into detail. And we're, you know, Boys Club is Boys Club. We're just really trying to make each other laugh. So, but it was, it was cool. You want to talk about that reading? Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, we were filming for the the movie and we were like, this guy Rogue is like, a, obviously a wise soul. And we were like... A total sage. We're like, we, we brought... His, I was like, oh, there's a five card reading for 20 bucks or whatever. I was like, here, we want to do a reading, but like, you don't have to do the cards or whatever. We just want to kind of talk to you and get some of your wisdom. And he's like, well, I could do a couple's reading. We're like, okay. And, and we were filming this. 
Yeah. Yeah, we were filming. We Not were us, f- but hit, hit what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. And he pulls a couple cards for you, and he, like, has to keep pulling cards. He pulled, like, like 15 oh, cards shit. for you or something. He's okay. like, you're about, you're going through it. You're going through some childhood stuff. You're in the mud. It's it's going to get worse. Oh, he's like, oh, man, this is gnarly. You're really, oh, you're in it. You're You're about to be in it more. Oh, it's really, and, like, it was just, I think, for someone as sensitive as you being told, like, hey, you're about to go through it. Like, it started to, like, kind of emotionally build up in your body like yeah. he's like my body my it was building up in my body um but in my mind i'm just like trying i'm focused on like oh man we're getting such good stuff right now like i'm not even thinking about what he's saying to me i'm just kind of in one ear and out the other with what he's saying to me and i'm thinking like oh we're getting such good stuff this is going to work so well at this section in the film and then i'm going to cut to this and i'm kind of thinking about all that stuff and he's looking at me he's like yo you're gonna be going through some shit dude and but my body's aware of what he's saying and he's saying all this and then he starts talking to you and he's like you're fine he didn't say that he was basically like, but compared to you i was like he's like yeah you're fine yeah he's just like he's just like you need focus. to slow down you need to yeah. be more mindful you need to be 10 percent better in every area of your life and i'm like yeah i know you're like i can do that and like he's but he's like and he comes back to you and he's, and he's like, like you though and i'm sitting there like i'm gonna puke like literally i'm like and he's he's still talking and i'm looking at him and i'm like breaking out in the fucking cold sweat he's like what you're about to go through is really gnarly <laughs> like he's keeps like, saying it in my I, mouth I mean, i'm thinking in my head i'm like sean's been going through it his whole life like, like why please. are you giving this guy a fucking break <laughs> man <laughs> apparently not enough so yeah i was just kind of like barely listening but my body's starting to react and i'm like whoa i'm like oh no oh no and my mouth is watering and i'm like sweating here and this guy just like keeps talking and i'm like thinking like well this is great shit i just want to wrap it up so i can like go just like sit down and like kind of digest what what he just said and like he keeps going and i'm just like standing up because i just feel like something's about to go down and i'm just like standing up and we finally wrap it up and the second we wrap it up i just like went over same trash can that that kid went to puked in it and then i just like had to lay in the lawn you just like calmed me down it took i was never the same (laughs) i really wasn't (laughs) That, that, that was our last night there and yeah i i puked I fucking laid down in the grass and you like I had a migraine for like I, I two had a, days. I had a migraine. It was insane. And like, you were just like, you know, the only time I feel better from a migraine, I could take all the Advil, everything, water, fucking electrolytes, magnesium, whatever. The only thing that makes me feel better is when you're just like sitting. So, you know, it's an emotional thing. Yeah. When you, when you say everything's gonna be okay and you just pat my head, it, it goes away. But I was toasted, bro. Toasted. Yeah toasted like I, I barely was able to get from the lawn to our campgrounds we got to the, the we got to the campsite and i was just like i'm just gonna go lay down for a second and just passed out for the night you and joey went and had adventures but it was uh it was intense and i'm, I'm gl- and that was the last thing we shot and i i uh i think that was very fitting <laughs> yeah yeah i like to go out on a note like that on all of our shoots i hate like getting like a half-assed thing that i think is probably going to hit the the cutting room floor as our last thing, like, but our la- the last thing we shot on, on that shoot was, like, something very useful for both me personally and I, th- and I hope for the film and for the audience that receives it. Yeah. No, he was, uh, it was like a bath. Like, it felt like a spiritual bath. Someone mm-hmm. else who had got a reading from him had said that. And it was true. It felt like, oh, wow, he really clicked in and channeled mm-hmm. something. Yeah. You know, and I haven't fully processed everything he said even, but. Yeah. We'll be having more times with him. His name's Rogue. Mm-hmm. yeah he's definitely uh 
he's he's got that wild magic vibe that that uh, that's natural a f- mystic the natural mystic that that's like a, a vibe we've been seeking and dancing around making a movie about for years we we have a movie called wild magic that we will make mm-hmm. but it's like we have to call in the the right characters that just those underground American mystics that like they're not on Instagram. They well, don't even like, have an email address. There's no we, way to contact them. That's why we have to just keep going like down this path. Yeah. And it might be a path of irrelevance or whatever it is. It doesn't totally, matter. It's, totally. it's getting us closer to the the zest of life. Yes. You know, playing the game doesn't make me feel closer to the zest of life. Like I'm here to live. Yes. You know, I'm here to experience. I'm here to learn, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I don't want to be a burden on people. Yeah. And I want to support ourselves and I and I want to be responsible. Yeah. For ourselves and our livelihood and I want to be able to be generous with people and all that requires, you know, money and playing the game and all that stuff and I'm not opposed to it. But yeah. Got to live it too. Oh, absolutely. And when you come across people that are uh it's it's quite obvious. You know. Yeah. Like you're living it you have lived it and you're here to teach me a lesson right now and that's where it's like that there's those people around every corner Mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter where you are those people exist if you're paying attention and looking for them well the only way to reveal it is to sacrifice your judging mind that's the only way to reveal it because they're there yeah they are your parents they are the fucking annoying dog that barks at you every day. Yeah, They're, if you're like it, tuned to that frequency where yeah. everything is wisdom and sacred knowledge, mm-hmm. it really is. Mm-hmm. Because you might be hearing someone going, but if you're like absorbing it in the right way, you can kind of like settle in where you can kind of hear the deeper messages of what's going on. That's discernment. Th- the that deeper pain that is like connected very anyone else's pain is connected to your pain you know Mm. and your capacity to be overwhelmed and need to puke in a garbage can or whatever it is you know (laughs) we like we just think that we're separate you know yeah and and that's where i think the the family dynamic can really enforce because you've you've so that's that's within the first context that you individuated yourself from your family Mm -hmm. you know yeah so yeah the uh mary was just saying uh, like she was like it must have been a good reading because like it it caused a purge and i was like yeah you know it, it if it, if it wasn't a good reading i might not have purged you know if it was something that didn't really kind of hit i i probably wouldn't have purged but i don't know i think on an individual and collective basis like we all need that we all need the the purge because the purge is just the releasing of all the things that you've been letting build up and all the things you think you're controlling with your mind and you you think you're you're compartmentalizing and putting things in the right category and making sense of this and that. we're in a fucking chaos cauldron nothing things aren't gonna fucking make sense you got to purge out every now and then and part of that like part of what you're purging is your ego you're, you're purging your fucking your the illusion that you think you know what's going on and it feels really good to release that and to just really let go. It feels really good. And I think we need to collectively do that. I think yeah. the the purge that we're going to do collectively is when we're just completely done with capitalism. And um, we are we become much more interested in collaboration than competition. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's where, like, a deeper listening comes in. Because when I'm, like, so concerned with my own needs, I don't hear other people's needs. But, like, my needs are boring. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know they're, they're I mean? also kind of simple. Like, they're simple, yeah. But I think that, you know, as I slow down and, you know, I, 
you not being here for a couple of days actually like helped me tune into your family's needs more because yeah, I was able to be present in a way that might be like more challenging for the four of us or five of us to do yeah together, you know? Yeah. And, and like, like, Mare taking care of herself so well right now and and her being in her artistic flow creates space for for actually us to be there for her more and for us to be there for each other more and it's um you know we we all we all definitely shift gears into that needy version of ourselves from time to time and it's all good and like we're we're we actually do show a lot of grace in those situations but it's really nice when we're in a moment like this and it's it's something worth being grateful for it's like we're all in our artistic flow right now. There's challenges that come along with that lifestyle too, but they're more fun, like privileged challenges. You know, it's uh, it, it, you know. And when you get to this age, thirty-four, I am. You've had enough. I'm fucked. I don't know how to do it. I'm g- gonna fail in every aspect of my life. And, but you learn that that's a temporary state of being, you know, that, mm. that sense of like failure and I'm a loser and stuff like that. And so I don't know if it cuts as deep when it happens, it still feels as tragic when you're going through that emotional, like, oh my God, I fuck everything up. I'm a yeah. fuck up. Everything's yeah. fucked up. And then, <laughs> but then you like, it's, it's impermanent, you know? Well, I mean, but that's, that's where seeing the world in a more discerning way starts is at home right there with you with yourself are you judging yourself or are you being more discerning about who you are you know judging means like you're trying to manhandle your yourself into a dimension that maybe you're not quite ready to go to yet and you're judging yourself based on what other people have done and that path has their their path really has nothing to do with yours so if you can start to practice that self-forgiveness and dropping the, 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 all the petty judgments that you have on yourself, you'll see that you drop them for the rest of the universe, and that's where that magical layer starts to reveal itself. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to get better at that. but uh, you What know, else is there to do while we're here? And that's where it feels like... Pay our bills. What do you mean? <laughs> well, yeah. And we're doing that. We're going to do it better and <laughs> figure it out. But... Um, no, it just it feels like it's what it's about, mm-hmm. you know, just slowing down, listening, adjusting, adapting. Mm-hmm. That's grace. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. That was a good transmission. Cool. I think, uh, I think our best transmission yet. If you made it this far, thank you. You're <laughs> our, you're our if friend. you got through the blue true section. Yeah. If you got through our blue true uh, ad reads, you know. <laughs> no really appreciate you um we have lots of stuff coming out and we're we're working hard on on getting some cool stuff to come out yeah i think next year we'll be doing something at nelson ledges more official you know like a space camp yeah yeah, i think what's really cool about that is if we do the right weekend like i think the times where we've done space camp in the past it's been like a huge investment on our part you know emotionally financially you know and that sort of thing and i think that um this being a space that is prepared to hold us um and s- that you could camp at any time and more of it instead of like it's i don't know i think it's more of a like rather than like we're hosting an event more like let's come together and make an event yeah let's come together and make an, an event we're 
going to facilitate by talking about when it's going to be and and coordinating maybe some people who want to be there. But I've been kind of downloading more about what's possible and like how people can make their own vibes by like your campsite can be a vibe. And then it's like we should be not only like because people go to these festivals and we're paying these musicians to and that's awesome. But I think for us, we all have so much to offer that it's like and we did this at space camp. And but I think it could happen in its own way. It's like, okay, everyone someone wants to do tie-dyeing, you know, yeah. some, like, it's, it's like, it's camp, like, summer camp, like, kid camp, you know, it's yeah. like, let's all be children together, let's all love and create and appreciate and, and go deep and yeah. fuck around on our instruments and yeah, not be so serious, you no, know. No one's in charge, no one's the star of the show, but everyone's in charge and everyone's the star of the show. Yeah. There's a couple ways of looking at it, but there's not a hierarchy. I think it makes it, um, uh, I think it's, it's a, it, it'll be a better event because of that. Because I think when you're hosting it on someone's private property and people just have a propensity towards power grabs, you're just going to, it's just one of the challenges in this life. And like, I feel like you and I just in our younger years, we're confronted with that so many times. It's just like, it ain't us. It's just not who we are. But as we dealt with firsthand, you know, hosting this on someone's private property, they're going to start thinking that they're the one. Well, it's not They are the one. Well, it's also like, (laughs) If someone is taking care of this land all year long, like they need to be able to financially support the experience. But I think the people that we're trying to get together, we want to figure out how to make it more financially accessible. Well, I I mean, our idea when we first had Space Camp, we're like, hey, sorry, we got to charge like 150, 200 bucks for this because we're on someone's private property. We're provide, we got to get, get it catered. We have to do all this stuff. But our dream was always to be like, this should be free. This should be a free event. And, um, the person that we were we were doing the, doing space camp with before thought of it the, as the opposite. They were like, "No, this should be a premium event that we continue to charge more and more." Yeah, because they want to offer more, and I want to offer less. No, I'm not looking like, to offer more. I'm looking to offer less. Like yeah. I'm looking to just offer presence and a little creativity. But you know, find a place that's set up where it's like, and it's also not exclusive. It's like we don't have to cap the guest list. No, and we're not in a position to say you can or cannot come. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, it'll it'll be a free for all, and it'll be really fun. That's what we love. I love a fucking free for all. That's what we love. I don't want to be in charge. I want a fucking free for all. That's what that's where the best music's gonna come from. Yeah. And that's what it's all about for me. It's just like, yo, what can we fucking stir up with all these musicians right now? Yeah, and also just like the the art of music that happens naturally when people like creating kind of a festival vibe where it's like. We're not paying any. I would love to get to a place and evolve it to a place where we could pay people to do tie-dye or pay someone to come play their music. But for now, it's like, you like playing music? Come play music with people. I mean, it's that's the offering to the community that like a musician can bring or a tie-dye person or a painter or fucking whatever. Someone that wants to lead yoga or chanting or whatever. That that's. And I love that also. And we did this at the last base camp, but I love this kind of energy of like, yeah, someone might be hosting a morning meditation you don't have to go i don't care if you go it's like there's no like it's very much like live life at your own pace like i think that's the chillest way that these things happen is if like okay yeah i I, i'm up for a 7 a.m meditation and i want to do that or a fire closing ceremony but it's really about kind of navigating your own energy yeah absolutely and we're i mean we don't like being told what to do so we don't like telling other people what to do I, I want to facilitate 
a place that f- can that that embodies what I picture when I think of the Church of Chill, which is just like a very relaxed, good time, peaceful, where you can go deep with people. And uh, you don't need a cult leader for that. You don't need, you know, it, it, nothing. It, does, it, it doesn't have to take on like a fancy luxury element to it. It's just just show up and be yourself. And that's all we ask. And I think it's the best way for us to all tune our frequencies and make a difference in this world on a bigger scale. Totally. Yeah. So a lot of fun things to come. A lot of fun things. We're we're actually doing a little micro space camp. If you want to know more about that, um, it's happening very very soon. So <laughs> join the uh, join join the Discord. Join our and you can get on the Discord through Patreon.com/slash/ChurchOfChill. There's 150 Church of Chill episodes, which are all music on there. The music that's they're great. all great. Yeah, they're 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 meant to help you with a come up or be put on while you're tripping, or, or just like smoke weed and sit in the bathtub, or yeah, or on your or drive, make, make or some whatever. art and or make some art. But I think it's really valuable as a time to maybe like away from devices and kind of like yeah. I think it's like set space. And I think yeah. the beauty of what you do is that. It's like, okay, here's an hour and 45 minutes of, like, curated tunes in a curated order. Mm. And um, I think it's a very generous offering. I'm very grateful you do it. There's that on there. There's um, four incredible episodes of Boys Club, and there'll be many more. I'm working on the intro for that now. Um, There's a Girls Club episode on there. There's, like, probably 30 or 40 bonus episodes that have never been seen on our free feed. there's all kinds of shit on there. We, you know, I'm always putting something on the Patreon, and it, and it's a really, uh, it's a cool way to to show support for people like us who are trying to do a bunch of cool art for free. Because I think art is free. I think when you start charging and start getting into all that stuff, it's a different thing. So this is a way to support uh, uh, us continuing to put out a bunch of stuff for free. And uh, I think it's very generous. And But it's also a way to meet a bunch of like-minded heads who are all hanging out in our Discord, posting sacred knowledge all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Book Club is August 15th. Uh, the book is... want to make sure I say it right. Uh, the Kin of Atta is are waiting for you. Is I'm like... Yeah, I'm already just on the first chapter, and it is a ride. Yeah? Yeah, it's very, like... I think it's. It seems like it's going to get more psychedelic, but it's like very much in this like dream state. But it's also very compelling, and yeah, it's a seems to be a relatively easy, quick read mm. in that. Um, so we're doing that August fifteenth on the Discord. Th- this this feels like um, the part of like when you go to like Catholic church, like after the communion, like you sing a song and whatever, and then it's just like the whole place just like whew, relaxes and then there's some announcements and it's whatever and everyone knows we're about to leave. So it's just like, it takes on a whole different vibe. It's like my favorite part of the church is like right after communion, you sing the song. And yeah. That's what this part of the podcast felt like. Yeah. I also have a zine that we're mm-hmm. coll- um, collecting uh, images and poems and things for. And I have... The zine is called The Rogue Signal. Yeah, it's coming together. It's, uh, I want people who submitted art to be patient with me as mm. it does come together because I don't want to prematurely force it out. And it's definitely um, the idea is to have it out by the end of the year. Yeah. Compiled. So if you want to send stuff, please do. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, cool. Lots more to come. Right. Uh, we're going we're gonna to record some cool podcasts this week. Yeah. There'll be some really funny content on the Patreon. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you get something out of our <laughs> meanderings. <laughs> Same. Peace, love, and magic, y'all.